Hello all, my name is Hannah Morell um, with Pacific Stoa Financial Coaching and this is Miserable Is Not Enough. I teach individuals, couples, and agencies how to be financially resilient or how to teach financial resilience. So last episode, I talked a little bit about something called financial skepticism, which uh, as far as I know with my limited Googling, um, I coined but I don't really know that for sure. Financial skepticism is underlying everything in the Pacific Stoa curriculum. So um, I offer alternative tools for decision-making and problem-solving and things like drilling down and procrastination and uh, being aware and being resilient. Um, all of these tools were built or at least combined in some cases uh, using financial resilience. So while it is part of everything that I have done, with the Pacific Stoa curriculum, I have never actually taught financial skepticism. But I do think it is important and it is um, looking more and more as I've been exploring this, it's looking like the financial skepticism part is something not only do I need to teach, but I need to, it will be, it will be the same size as the curriculum eventually. So it's huge. So I, I have a pretty good scaffold about the next couple episodes, like what I wanna cover. But um, this is going to be fairly mushy. This is going to be a lot of me riffing. Um, if you've ever thought about providing me with some feedback, give me some um, ideas. This would be a great time to do it um, because this is me working verbally, working through the process. So I thank you for your, your graciousness, allowing me to kind of work through this. Probably within the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be... Um, posting for, uh, I guess at this point I'm calling it uh, a curriculum development advisory board. Uh, and this will be people who either have some exposure to the Pacific Store curriculum or none. And these this team uh, will be very small, will be helping me develop this gigantic new tool. Um, okay, so financial skepticism Fast and Dirty is a way that we can evaluate the tools, rules, internal language that we are using to make either directly or indirectly financial choices. Um, because everything in our life affects our finances and our finances affect everything. Um, so a direct financial tool would be like, I only need to spend money on what I need, not what I want. That's obvious that as a financial choice. There are indirect financial choices like, um, I need to get a degree so I can get a better job. It's pretty clear how that is indirectly, but pretty closely related to a financial choice. So all of these decisions um, are being informed by language that we're using in our heads um, that we have acquired from you know, family, friends, YouTube, how we were raised, the messaging that we hear in the world. But we don't ever do is stop and think whether the tool that we are using is a good tool or a bad tool. And because we frequently aren't given replacement tools, we don't go looking for them. And what financial skepticism does is it teaches us how to be aware that we are using a rule in our heads, even though our internal language is very fast and very quiet. So we're aware of it evaluate the tool because some of them are good, right? Some of those tools can stay um, and some are bad and need to go and be replaced. And that's what the, the third thing that 
financial skepticism does is it teaches us how to build our own financial rules. It's the process that I've used to create the tools within the Pacific Stoic curriculum, but there is no reason why we can't build our own financial tools. Um, so that's kind of the fast and dirty version. And kind of today I want to talk about um, how to begin to kind of make an inventory of that internal dialogue that we're, that we're using with ourselves to make decisions. Uh, okay, so imagine you're learning a new language. You're hearing someone speak in this new language and it's very difficult to understand where one word starts and the other stops, right? We don't even, when you're that distanced from the literacy and the fluency, it just sounds like gibberish. It's too fast. It's a mushy mess to us because we're inexperienced with that. Um, trying to listen to your own internal dialogue is very similar. It's very fast and it's very quiet. And that's, that's okay. It's not a bad thing um, because if it wasn't fast and, and quiet, we would are basically our, our, our decision making when making would stop and tank is saying uh, hello as well. Um, so it may not even look like we're, we're using a decision-making rule or tool or strategy. We're just kind of reacting. But underlying that, there absolutely is a rule that we are following, a tool that we are trying to implement. Uh, and frequently, dude, go away. Frequently, Instead of evaluating the tool itself, we evaluate ourselves. Um, and you know, if you've listened to past episodes, you know that I absolutely hate the wants versus needs tool, rule, whatever it is, um, because frequently we we don't stop and think that this tool sucks. We think I suck at using this tool. Um, so that's that's part of the financial skepticism piece is how we evaluate it. But we can't evaluate it if we don't know the tools that we're using. So. Pretty much I found that, okay, so backing up again, like I said, a lot of this is going to be me riffing. Oh, I may have said this at the beginning, but as I'm processing verbally, I may swear. Um, I'm a sweary kind of person, so if that offends you, please don't listen to this episode. Um, so I have found because I'm listening, I hear the tools that people are using internally um, because I'm purposeful. Um, and it's always, always easier for us to hear the rules, tools, and strategies that other people are using because we're not living inside their heads, right? Um, so that is an important distinction. It's always going to be easier for us to hear um, but very other people, but very difficult for us to hear ourselves. So I want to kind of talk today about the observation piece is making it making your internal language a little bit slower and a little bit louder so that you could actually hear the words that you're using to make these choices. So basically, you're going to do what I do. You're going to listen. Um, but if I just asked you to listen to your internal conversation, it it's just going to be mush. It's going to be a whole bunch. <laughs> it's going to be real hard to pick apart. So uh, I'm going to talk through some prompts. Um, and again, this is me developing this tool. This is not a fully fleshed out tool. So this may not hit with you. If it doesn't, I want to hear. If it does strike a chord with you, I want to hear that too. Um, I have found that people are using these internal rules to, um, 
to achieve a couple things. So the, these little pieces of wisdom or truth truths uh, get passed down to us with a great deal of certainty. Um, and so they get stuck in our heads as absolute truth. So I hear people trying to motivate themselves when I hear, um, I just need to get my shit together. Right? That's a great uh, attempt at motivation. Doesn't work. Um, let's see. Uh, I hear a lot of effective forecasting things like, I just need to, I just want to, if I could just someday when we, I just have to, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. Um, I should be at this point in my life. I should be at X point in my life. So I'm 48. So it, I would be telling myself, I'm 48. Geez, I should really be at blankety blank place in my life. Um, I also hear people saying things like, I don't have a choice. Um, that is also a crisis indicator. So I don't have any options. What choices do I have? Um, I've heard some people talk about, I need to find my why. That's kind of a buzz phrase right now, finding your why. And uh, follow your bliss, things like that. All right. So to find these motivational um, ru internal rules that you're using, the prompts are things like, what words do I use to motivate myself? What language am I using to get started? Um, what, yeah, what words am I using to motivate myself? Um, and you can specifically kind of ponder in your head about what it's, what you're using. And my encouragement would be to begin writing these down. Um, all right, so... We also tend to use some of this in internal language for follow through and completion. Um, and they tend to be different pieces of wisdom that we are employing for follow through and completion. Uh, things like making a commitment or making a, uh, making a goal public um, as a form of accountability, basically all forms of accountability, um, or saying things to ourselves like, I just have to buckle down and get this done. Um, and that is also effective forecasting. So what language are you using to encourage yourself to follow through or complete something? Uh, and kind of the last big category that I hear people using internal language, internal rules for is a strategy or a structure. So steps to take, things like that. And I have listed here in my notes about three dozen of those. So there's a bunch of these. And some of them are directly related to finances, like the wants versus needs tool is in here. Uh, and some of them are not. Some of them are um, stop procrastinating. I just need to stop procrastinating. Um, uh, or I should be investing by now. Uh, stick to my budget. Um, live below your means. Save for an emergency fund. Pay Pay 30%. Keep a 30% balance on your credit cards, um, pay off your debt before you save, um, those kinds of things. So what language are you using internally um, to provide yourself with some structure or strategy? And again, it can be directly related to finances, but it may not be. Uh, make a to-do list is, an, is a good example of one that's indirectly related to finances. So um, it, this takes some time, um, especially if you're uh, in the kind of mindset that it may not seem like you're using any rules at all, you're just sort of reactive. Um, 
my hope is that by asking yourself these prompts, like what are the words that I'm using to motivate myself? What is the language that I'm using with myself to provide some structure um, to begin to kind of make an inventory, make a list of the internal rules that you are using. I want to caution you though, at this point, we are not evaluating you using this tool correctly or incorrectly, that whatever rule or tool you're using or the tool itself. Right now we are simply in observation mode. Um, so it's okay. Whatever you observe is what you observe. We we do not think in, in full sentences. We typically think in sentence fragments. Um, so that if that's what you hear is just a word here or there. Um, and if you hear a common theme, like if you're thinking about, if you're using the same kind of language, like I just need to, or I gotta, or I should, those are important things to pay attention to. And we'll talk in future episodes about why those are important, because uh, those are indicators of bigger problems. Um, so I hope this made sense. Uh, it, I know this is a little mushy and a little weird. Uh, I, I'll put out some information probably by the next episode uh, about, you know, asking for people to come and help me develop this tool, um, because this is very much in its infancy, um, very much a process that I use in the background without even thinking about it, right? So I'm having to slow down my own internal thought processes too. So, um, all right, so that was financial skepticism, the observation piece. Um, start to make a note of the prompts that we talked about. What is the internal language that I'm using to blank? Um, if you already have, uh, I may have already said this, if you have a motivation, sorry, a mindfulness or meditation practice, you could begin to fold that in there. Um, frequently people will find one little thing that they'll clue into. They're like, I'm using the word uh, should a lot. And they'll begin to hear that word a lot. Uh, or I'm using the word um, don't a lot or have to a lot. Um, and they'll clue into that little one. And I'm going to reinforce it. I know I just said it. You are not allowed to judge yourself for using any of this language. And you're not allowed at this point to judge the rule itself. We are simply in observation mode. So please reach out to me. I'm Hannah, H-A-N-N-A at PacificStoa.com for email. On Twitter, I am Hannah, H-A-N-N-A underscore Morell, M-O-R-R-E-L-L. Um, thank you for hanging in there with me. I really, uh, if you're listening through this, it's been now 50 minutes, a little bit longer. Um, I appreciate you kind of like hanging in there with me as we kind of work through this. Um, this is development. So uh, I really Really do absolutely need your feedback. Um, okay, I'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Did you know that this podcast has a companion discussion group? Predictably, it's called the Miserable is Not Enough Discussion Group. And we have covered such topics as, uh, let's see, burnout, procrastination, autonomy, accountability. Uh, we've talked about crisis. Uh, we've talked about all sorts of things. All of these things indirectly and sometimes directly impact our financial wellness. And while we don't spend a bunch of time talking about money, um, the the holistic part of this is that those conversations, those concepts, those obstacles definitely impact our finances in one way or the other. We would love to have you join us. I will include in the show notes the link to 
the, uh, the event page and you can see what our next topic is. We would love to have you join us. Talk to you soon.